BAM Radio Network. The reason people should listen to this is that if you want to get ahead, you're going to create rivals around you, even if it's unintentional. We need to change what we're doing. Pointing that way, I think, really is the essence of leadership, so I think that's a great place to start. Hello, welcome to Heart to Heart Conversations on Leadership, your guide to making a difference. I'm Holly Elisa Bruno. Stay in touch with your enemies, right? We know this is savvy advice, but ugh, do you really want to hang out with your detractors and give them more fodder for their negativity mill? What if instead you could employ a strategy proven to create allies out of those enemies? Not realistic? Professor Brian Uzi says it is. Let's see if his three-step approach applies to the complex interrelational world of education leadership. Welcome, Brian and Justin. Brian, any leader worth her salt will always have detractors. What makes you think this basic human equation can change? I think the essence of the approach is really to look at turning a rival into a collaborator from a different perspective. It has been my experience as I've talked to executives in a whole range of different areas in business, in education, in institutions, and in government. Typical way in which people try to do it is to approach it in a rational way, which is to say, you know, we really shouldn't be rivals. There's more for us to gain if we were collaborators. So what's wrong with the rational approach, Brian? Research now is increasingly showing that once people become rivals, they also change their emotional orientation to one another. And what that means is, is that no matter how good your argument is, no matter how good your facts or your substantiation for why you should turn that rivalry into a collaboration, the other party will never hear it. In their emotional state, they basically take the facts, the substantiation, the evidence, and they turn it and twist it to be in line with those negative emotions. And so the three-step process is innovative in the sense that it really says you have to deal with that emotional step first before you ever try to put your deal on the table. Yeah, that's a really good point, and I want to get right back to that. But first, I want to ask you, Justin, education leadership isn't Brian's world of corporate leadership. Ed leaders don't like to voluntarily take on more conflicts than we already have, and we don't have time for it. Is anything going to reverse that? Well, I think the reality is that we're always going to encounter opposition. We're always going to encounter differing viewpoints. In education, we have so many different stakeholders, so many different philosophies. And for a leader who has any kind of uh, agenda for improvement, you're going to encounter some sort of resistance and you're going to make you know, what we might not call enemies, but essentially people who are not working toward the same purposes that you're working toward. So I think that time pressure that you highlighted you know, is a big one. And I think the way around is through that we address these situations by uh, spending more time with people who are putting themselves in opposition to us. Okay, so let, let's assume that we want to turn some of our enemies, inevitable enemies, into allies. Can you lay out for us your three R's for doing just that? Absolutely. So here's basically the way you've got to think about this. When you have a rivalry with someone else, they have a lot of negative emotions cursing through their veins. They could feel jealous, they could feel envious, they could feel frustrated, they could feel threatened, so on and so forth. And the basic thing you should see there is that when human beings uh, have negative emotions, they have a physiological change that goes on in their brain. And basically what happens is, is that the blood that's in your cerebral cortex, where you do most of your thinking, and most of your analysis, your language centers, the blood that's there tends to recede to the oldest part of the brain called the reptilian stem. And when it does that, it tends to hyperactivate that reptilian stem. And once the person's in the reptilian stem, 
that's when it becomes impossible to reach them on rational ground. And so what you need to do is you need to get them out of the reptilian stem before you present your rational approach. So it's a three-step approach, and the steps are the following. Redirection is the first step, reciprocity is the second step, and rationality is the third step. Redirection says this. If you want to get someone out of the reptilian stem, don't play psychologist. That's much too big a job. But really, all you want to do is redirect the negative emotions that that person may have towards you towards something else. And if you can do that, it opens up a path to begin to present your rational argument. So the first step is strategic redirection. How do you go about doing that? An excellent way to do that in a general and generic way is to indicate to that person that the reason that they're feeling these negative emotions is not because of something that you did, but because of something else, like a third entity that impinged on both of you that put you into this situation. So here's a good example. You're a principal in school. Uh, You come in, you're younger than uh, half the other faculty. You may be new to the job. You've been put in there because of some leadership vision and other ideas that you showed. And what happens is you're put on top of a bunch of other people, some of whom are the faculty, some of whom may have thought that that position would have been theirs. That can right there create rivalry, even if the person doesn't realize it. So how do you do this? The main thing that you want to do is to create redirection. One step would be to say that it wasn't your doing that you were put in this position. It was the doing of a third entity. And in a sense, you two are not against each other, but you're really on the same side of the table. And the way you do that is by having them focus their attention on something else that's the cause of the the issue. Second step is reciprocity. And reciprocity says that if you're going to build a relationship, you've got to give before you ask. If you give and ask at the same time, what happens is, is that you don't build a relationship that what you're trying to get to, you build a transaction. And that means that once that initial deal is over, you're right back to where you started. The last step is rationality. That's where you have to lay the authority structure of the new relationship down. What are going to be the inputs from each side and how they're going to share the spoils in the end? And you need to set this up beforehand so that there's no miscommunication after. When you do this, this lays the basis for building a relationship over time. Okay, so what's this principle going to do? A thing to say to the other person is, and it's a very tough step because you do have to go toe-to-toe and eyeball-to-eyeball with the other person, is you may say to this other person, you know, I'd like to offer you uh, the right of first refusal of being someone that I would bring with me to these executive meetings. That would communicate to the other person that you have other options besides them and that you're also giving them something valuable and rare that other people want. Okay, let's check in with Justin. Justin, you're listening as an ed leader. Um, Is this approach going to work for education leaders, or is it just another thing we'd have to do? Uh, What do you think? Absolutely. When we encounter some sort of uh, of rivalry or resistance, you know, the hard part is determining whether it's about us or whether it's about the change that we're proposing. Uh, And often the threat that new leaders pose to existing staff members is not necessarily one of position, but one of change. And you know, when people who have been in their positions a long time are, are fearful that a new leader is going to change things that perhaps they feel don't need to be changed, I think that's when we see a, a lot of these situations come up. And as, as Brian said, when you can build that relationship and take the first step, set the example of how you want that relationship to go and act in good faith, I think that builds the basis for 
the more rational decision-making. And that's when we can really talk about students and, and what's in students' best interest. Okay, so gentlemen, for both of you, Brian's first step essentially says we're both victims. That doesn't seem to wash very well with me. Can you rephrase that in a way that seems more, um, how can I say, mature? Well, it doesn't have to be that to say that you're both victims, but pointing out that you might be both victims is one way to show that you're actually closer to that other person's position than they may think, because in a rivalry, they think you're on the opposite side of the table, but you may actually share the same side. You don't have to necessarily do anything about saying victims, but you do need to say that there was some third entity or some other factor that put you both in this position, so that person no longer thinks that you were the one that caused this to happen. Okay, gentlemen, we're getting to the end, uh, starting with Brian. What is the one thing you would like our our, our leaders listening to, to hear that you think they might not have heard before? Brian? I think the most important thing is using the three-step process and really beginning with redirection, knowing about the emotional issues involved in creating new trust. And that's basically once someone's thrown in the, into the reptilian stem, you're not going to be able to reach them with rationality. You've got to work on that first. And what do you think, Justin? Well, I think Brian's right on with the, the redirection angle that often leaders' job is to point out how the situation has changed. And if that involves looking at data and saying, hey, we're, we're in a new situation and we need to change what we're doing, pointing that way, I think, really is, is the essence of leadership. So I think that's a great place to start. Okay, gentlemen, thank you both so much for helping us uh, look at whether we want to turn enemies into allies. And thanks very much. I got to tell you, I'm still not convinced. Sure, the, the goal is worthy. We want to have allies, not so much enemies. Uh, but this sounds really Machiavellian with a smile on it. And that's not going to work. I hear, Brian, the tough thing is to, to deal with people when we're not necessarily in a rational place and they're not either. But how do we do that? That's the challenge. Is it going to work to say, look, you and I are on the same side of the table and the other person is going to be saying, I don't think so. So how do we crash through that? And I don't even know if crash is the word, but here's what I think. I think that honesty is going to work in 80% of the situations. If I can sit down with an enemy and say, look, this is not working. You and I are not getting along. We might be smiling at each other, but we're not getting along, and that's not helping the organization. Look, for you to advance and for me to do what I want to do, we've got to find a way to work together. What can we do to get over this? What can we do that's in it for you? Because let's face it, I know that you're not happy with me right now, and we've just got to move forward. So my take is, yeah, we got to deal with the reptilian stem, which is also another way of saying we got to deal with the fact that people don't like us and want to sabotage us. And I think my way is directness. Brian, get back to me. Thanks, everyone. Would you do me a favor and take a look at that like button, which is on the screen just beneath the guest photos? Click on that for me, please, if you would like to see these Heart to Heart programs on BAM Radio Network continue. You've been listening to Heart to Heart Conversations on Leadership. I'm Holly Elisa Bruno. Thanks for listening. This program is produced by Jack Street Media as part of the Affiliate Nanocasting Network. Thanks for listening.